to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello, my name is Kirsten Cable and I am here to take you through a new Q&A session. So this is a listener question that I have received on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show. And today we're going to get into how to set up a reasonable weekly schedule for language learning. Before I kick that off, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Clothesmaster. Today's episode is brought to you with kind support from Clothesmaster. I love that app. If you want a language learning app that delivers and it keeps you hooked so that you come back and you do this regularly, you totally need to get on Clothesmaster. Learning with Clothesmaster is fun, addictive and free. And something that I personally love is that it looks really cool. <laughs> Clothesmaster style is based on 1980s computer games and you even get this sort of MIDI audiophile sound effect. When you finish your streak or you finish your session, your little review session, it goes doo -doo 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 -doo, and it never, never fails to raise a smile on my face. Clothesmaster's list of 50 languages, that's five zero languages, never fails to motivate me either. And as you guys know, here at The Fluent Show, we care about fun, we care about motivation, we care about how to build that into language learning. So Clothesmaster has the fun, but under the hood, it's also highly effective by training you to use core vocab from high-frequency word lists and you're using it in context because the whole idea is that you see a gap in a sentence and you fill in the gap with a suitable word. You can get Clothesmaster for free in your browser, on your iPhone in the App Store, or on your Android device in the Google Play Store. To support our show, The Fluent Show Today, go to www.clothesmaster.com slash CLLP and that's Clothesmaster with a Z. And your first and easiest step is to create an account so that Clothesmaster can then remember your progress and show you new sentences regularly and that's the way you don't have to say he loves her, he loves her 14 times again because your mastery will be saved with every session and it syncs between your devices and your browser as well so it's worth worth making that account. You're going to find a bonus video at closemaster.com slash CLLP where I'm sharing more of my tips and then a special voucher to use if you ever choose to try out their awesome pro membership. I've been a pro member myself for a good little while now and it is worthwhile. So that's closemaster.com slash CLLP and go there to learn more today. So today's question in the Q&A session comes from Rebecca in New York who sent me the question, can I talk about or can the Fluent Show talk about how to set up a reasonable weekly schedule for language learning? And of course the Fluent Show can, so here I am. And guys, I'm sharing with you my own thoughts, of course, and I've got some ideas from my own weekly routine. Before I start, I want to acknowledge that everybody's weekly routine, everybody's week is different because everybody's life is different. If you're listening to this, maybe you are a student, maybe you are learning languages just in the mornings and evenings and around work and, I don't know, on your toilet breaks at work. 
<laughs> maybe you're learning with your family. Maybe you have got a multilingual family. You're teaching a kid. You are retired. There are so many different life setups and there is so much different stuff to consider that what I love most in this question is that Rebecca asked about a reasonable weekly schedule. And reasonable is a great word and I want you to bear it in mind throughout the show today. Reasonable is whatever you decide is actually workable for you. So what we're going to look at is what you need to do so that you make progress in your target language while also looking at strategies that you can, what do you do with strategies? Strategies you can employ <laughs> in order to make your schedule reasonable. And it, to me, that means workable, a schedule that doesn't make you scared, doesn't make you groan and doesn't burn you out. More about that later. So it really is simple. You progress faster in a language when you have more exposure and more repetition in it. You remember more when you are involved. And that means speaking or writing, usually producing the language. And a lot of the schedule stuff is about what you do instead of when you do it. You have to match your activities to the right times of day. So my first step before all of that is to consider and to talk about weekly planning. So that's part one. What I do with my weeks is that I plan my week ahead on a Sunday. I don't have a sort of nine to five schedule because I am self-employed. And that means I need to be more aware of how my time is used and where kind of where my time goes, really. I also don't have a regular commute. I don't really have to be at point X every single day of my working weeks. So instead... I focus on setting goals, I look at the calendar and then I see what's coming up in any given week and I eliminate as much of the thinking as I can at the start. So the idea really is on a Sunday you kind of have a quiet period, you can sit down and you start to think and no matter if you have a job that is regular or if you have something regular in your life or not, it is really helpful to just think what do I want out of the next week? What's going to matter the most? What needs to get done? What do I want to get done? And this weekly perspective should be anchored in your goals, your language learning goal. So consider what your goal is and how you're going to respond to that. If you are building a language learning habit, it might not be realistic to do sort of crunch time study boost six hours a day because what we're trying to build is really longevity what we're trying to build is a way that you can become fluent while enjoying your language while growing in confidence every single time while also developing and discovering the learning skills that will make you proficient at this for life right this is very very different from I have got an exam coming up and I need to cram or I've got a trip coming up and I just want to be capable of speaking to people so I don't embarrass myself. What we are talking about, what I'm talking about today is developing the language habit and I really care about this and there's so much that you can get out of that. So on a Sunday, here is how you can do planning roughly in the way that I do planning. Now step one is that you set path goals. 
And path goals are what I call the smaller goals that you make on the way towards any big vision. So your language learning vision might be something like, oh, I want to, s I want to be able to just sit in a cafe in Stockholm and understand people speaking Swedish around me. I just really want to do that. Or it could be something like, I've got family in Nigeria and I know some of my family speak Ibo and I just really want to be able to, you know, like go there and talk to them and sit at a family meal and know exactly what they're saying. That's a vision because it's not something that you can do next week. It's a big goal and there is some emotion behind it. So it motivates you throughout. Whereas a path goal looks at, well, how are we going to actually get there? What have you been working on? Where do you want to be? In And I like to set my goals for the month. So I in the language habit toolkit, which I also use, I made, I sell and I use it. Um, I tend to use the monthly sheet and then break down the weeks from there. So I ask myself the question, where do I want to be in 30 days? What do I want to be doing? And then which specific actions will I take to make steady and realistic language progress? Those actions are then written down for 30 days. And at the start of a week, really, I just pick a few, think about, you know, what, where do I want to focus this week? What, what do I fancy? It allows me to kind of follow, let myself be led by my mood a little bit. And I know that when I do that, then I'm a little bit more successful because I'm more in tune with my intuition, for lack of a better word. So these are really your milestones. They can be very small. They don't have to be even strictly num numerically measurable. So a lot of people will put something like, study 15 minutes every day. The problem with that is that you sit down and study 15 minutes and study is such a vague word that you don't really do anything specific. But either, either way, those are kind of goals that you can aim for. I personally like to aim for a goal that doesn't say, do this for this length of time. But I can see how, I can see how people benefit from it. So that's up to you. Let's say your goals are set. Here is what I find most important and that I think you should check when you're thinking about your week. Number one, it can be beneficial to try preferring regular activity to an all-in-one big session. And that means, for example, instead of thinking on Friday I've got four hours And I'm going to just do everything in those four hours. If you can break it down so that you have more regular exposure in your language, that's beneficial. Number two, it's beneficial to ensure that you speak, read, listen and write. So you, you do something in all four of those core skills. Number three, consider planning at least one bigger session. I'll talk about that in a minute. And number four... Allow yourself at the end of the week, preferably next Sunday, when you sit down, you see how it went, allow yourself a review period. And that's not, have I achieved all my goals? That is, well, how did it go? Just ask yourself those questions. And if you didn't achieve all of your, I want to learn 100 new words kind of goals, but instead you progressed further than you otherwise would as because the goal was there, then that is an ambition met, really, and that is something that, that can be valued in itself. So that's that's my thoughts on, on goals in a nutshell. Now let's talk about step two, and that's simple, check your schedule. 
have a look at your week. Think about what you've got on. Is your mum going to cook you dinner? Is your child away at summer camp? Those are good things. Is work crazy busy and you've got a project deadline on Thursday? That might be a different thing. And uh, for example, is there a special event? Are you, are, you, are you busy every single evening? Is there a reason you would have to get up earlier in the morning? It, those kind of things. Just look at the schedule for the week and think, well, what is on? When can I realistically study? And then may, you may find that some weeks you are busier and some weeks you're not. So with the language habit mindset, the thing I really love is that we're taking the long view. Number three, and this is something you might not even need to schedule after a month or two. That's the joy of a habit. You don't need to schedule anymore. Ensure daily contact. I've got these golden rules of daily language learning. I just want to share them here. You want to have contact with your target language on a daily basis. Contact. Contact can be big, can be small, but it's, it's quite simple to ascertain if that happened. You want to find a convenient way of finding contact. The easier it is, the better. Could be your car share, could be the internet. I think this is why people really love doing social media and apps, because that is convenient. That's good. So you want to have contact, you want to find a convenient way of having contact. You want to prioritize fun and find something that you enjoy in your target language. And don't let anybody else tell you what you enjoy. Because sometimes I enjoy grammar drills. Sometimes I enjoy verb lists. And then other times I enjoy reality TV in my target language. Both of those are valid. Anything is valid. And that is for you, Rebecca, and for you, listener, and for me. And it's all the same. Don't let anybody else tell you what you find fun. So that's step three. Step four, choose a reward. This is an optional step, but one that I am personally a fan of. Choose a reward at the end of your week, no matter if you achieved your goal or not. If you made progress, if you have worked hard, you deserve something that you enjoy and you can kind of chill out. Now, if you want to hear more about the psychology of rewards, I have put and suggestions for possible rewards, maybe even ones where you don't have to spend money, etc. I have put in the show notes a link to a blog article and podcast episode where I spoke to Lindsay about rewards and we kind of came at it from various different angles. So this is optional, but it could be really cool. If you're into it, check out that podcast. Number five, so you've got your daily contact, and you've got your schedule, add bigger sessions without compromising that daily contact. Right. Daily contact should be priority one. And then the bigger sessions, that could be a language exchange, maybe once a week, once every two weeks. It could be something like I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch TV in my target language for a whole hour. But be aware that it's it can be easy to tune out. So maybe the bigger session can just be I'll switch the subtitle off for 15 minutes. And then after that, you, you know, you take your foot off the gas a little bit because it is intense whatever it is just a bigger session so when can you fit in a half hour an hour something like that and add it on top of the daily contact this way you're taking the pressure off having to do something big every single day 
and you're really working on habit building there, right? So your little sessions are the core and the bigger sessions are the are the extra. So I've got a few extra tips for you as well. Taking all this into account, this weekly schedule. So like I said, the best way of establishing a weekly schedule is to really look at how your life works. If you've got a lot of regular like regularity in your life, if you've got a lot of routine and you know, actually, I can just, on my way to work, when I'm commuting, I can just throw on a podcast and then just do this without thinking too hard. That's really great. And just work with that. A reasonable weekly schedule is one where your workload keeps you on your toes. So don't just slam in the podcast and then tune out and stare out the window and maybe refer back to the, the, the listening podcast that I did recently. I think that's episode 78. But really focus. And also, if you whether you have the routine or not, make those decisions on a Sunday, for example, or a Monday, whenever you w your week starts, whatever suits you, make your decisions at that point so you don't have to make the decision when you're actually sitting down to study. And that will hugely, hugely save your brain. Okay, I've got a few more extra tips, and these are, these are good ones. <laughs> Again, <laughs> they're greatly, to say it in Lancashire dialect. Number one, Put it on the calendar, whether you use something like the weekly planner that, you know, several people have available now. And you could you can get one in the language habit toolkit, for example, or I like using a big calendar as well. So no matter how you use a weekly planner, you print one out, you do it online, use your Google calendar, doesn't matter. Put it on there. If it's on the calendar, it's going to get done. Right, so everything language related, not the little I'm going to do Duolingo for five minutes, should be on the calendar. Um, actually, put Duolingo on there as well until you don't have to look at the calendar anymore. This is, again, establishing a habit is a lot more work at the start and then it becomes a no-brainer. So put it on the calendar. Number two, be aware of managing your energy. Don't burn yourself out. Don't overload the week. Because in the habit mindset, again, we're taking the long view. Whatever you don't do this week, there's always another week. There's always more time. And just because there are another 20 minutes in your lunch break that you're not currently using productively, that you could use perhaps for, I don't know, 17 grammar drills, it might be that you need those 20 minutes for something else, such as decompressing, such as recharging before a busy afternoon, such as getting in the only exercise that you have time for in the day, such as sitting quietly when throughout your day, the other time, you've got five kids or pets jumping on top of you. So be aware that you need to manage your own energy because you don't want to burn out. For example, in my experience, I regularly underestimate how tired I get. And, it, you know, when, I, when I've had two busy weeks, that I don't realize that the next week my brain will be ever so slightly slower. I'll be more tired. And then I feel bad and guilty and I try to push through and I make the whole thing work worse. So a 10-minute walk before diving in can make all the difference. And tearing yourself away from whatever it is that you're doing that is, 
is giving you that feeling of, oh my God, I'm productive, when you're not actually productive, when you're just looking like you're productive or you're making yourself you know, look like a productive person, but internally nothing's going in, it's much better to take a 10-minute nap or walk or just go and have a cup of tea and then you can still dive in. So that's energy management. It is important. Number two, know your best time of day. Some people are morning people. Some people are evening people. And even though I'm not a morning person, I have found that in the evenings, I tend to be too exhausted. My mental capacity is down and I've, I hesitate to study languages in a way that I don't in the morning. In the evenings, I want to relax, watch television, talk to my partner. In the mornings, I feel more energized and I feel more positive when I can get a study session in. So know your best time of day. Sometimes, unfortunately, so I've got this, my best time is maybe 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. I'm, I'm very productive and energized at those times. And for many people, that is a strict working time. So even if that is the case, you you might need to push your language time into something that is not your sort of ideal magic um you know magical corner however if you absolutely cannot find time consider those tired times consider are there activities in there that you enjoy and that you can combine with languages in some way for example in the evenings even though i'm tired i find myself more energized when i put myself around other people partly that is you know, for me personally, it's a lot to do with personality. So I'll give you this example and maybe helps you observe your own personalities, etc. I'm an extroverted person, which means I feel energized when I'm around people. However, I work alone. So I have a lot of quiet time in my day. And going out in the evening, I will be tired because I focused and I didn't have a lot of stimulation during the day. If I go out and I do a group activity, something like an exercise class or something like maybe going to Toastmasters, which is um, a group I'm a member of, I feel more energized. I come home energized. I come home really awake. So I could switch that to a language meetup or a group class and my evenings would be okay then because I'd get the other people energy. And this is this is very much to do with my my own management of my personality. So if you're an introverted person, if you're a person who, you know, has, gets a lot of energy from thinking through things in depth, if you're very detail oriented, think about what activities put you in a state where you, you, time is passing, you don't even know. And those activities then energize you. And that's where you can kind of hook on a little bit of language and pair it up with language in a way um, so that you, you make you make the most out of times even though you're tired because the actual activity energizes you. So another example might be if you're at your brightest in the morning, but you've got kids to feed and breakfast to organize, could you tell them what's for breakfast in another language? Could you involve them if they energize you? Could you kind of get them to quit? I, I used to do this. Could you get people like my parents... You could get them to quiz you on words in another language, etc. To get them to hold up physical flashcards. There might be ways that you can, you know, 
use those brightest times, use those busy times, or use the down times, but start doing an activity that you enjoy, where you kind of get back the mojo. It is not 100% easy, and it does require some pre-thinking. So again, this is why I recommend sitting down and thinking this through before you dive into your week because if you just go okay I will do half an hour every single day this week there's so many unanswered questions that you you then face at a point when you're really you don't have time for them Uh, it's it's not the most effective way it is also a fallacy to think of your weekly schedule as a concrete pillar fixed in space for decades to come so yes it helps to eliminate as much as possible of your decision making But you do want to know what to expect and you want to jump into what matters. In conclusion, Rebecca, a reasonable schedule, in my mind, for language learning is one that doesn't make you groan and it doesn't completely put you off and doesn't burn you out, but still isn't empty and still challenges you. And there may not be one routine schedule, a reasonable weekly schedule might be the one that you create before that specific week. And that's it already for this week's Q&A session. I hope you enjoyed the answer. I hope that these points were interesting and reasonable to you. I would love to hear what you guys think as always. So do hit me up on Twitter. It is at the fluent show over there. And you can also email me and that's Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N at fluentlanguage.co.uk. Don't forget to visit our language learning app sponsor. It's Closemaster. They are lovely and the app really delivers, keeps you hooked. It's very rapidly become a favorite among many, many polyglot friends that I know that I have. So do check it out. It is super addictive. It's open to a huge range of languages, including really cool rare languages like Guarani and Welsh and Breton. But there's also learn Swedish from five different languages, German, French, and even Finnish and English, of course. So the range of languages, the range of combinations, it just keeps on giving. It is so fun to support our show and tell them that I sent you have to spend any money with them but do go to closemaster.com that is c-l-o-z-e-m-a-s-t-e-r.com slash c-l-l-p and on that website you'll find a video where i show you my dashboard and kind of talk you through how to use language how to use language master how to use close master and just why i think it's great simple as that Rebecca, thank you so much for your question and I hope to hear from you guys either in a review on the podcasts app or in iTunes or perhaps by email or on Twitter where you can send feedback and questions for future shows. Next week I'm going to be back with a very special guest. Stay tuned.